It is no secret that mental illness can be a source of broken dreams. The World Health Organization says mental illness is the leading cause of disability in youth. But can a person actually use her mental illness to become wildly successful? To solve this riddle, let's listen to award-winning author and attorney Melody Moisey who has Bipolar One. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Jessica Jimeno, and you are listening to Flip Switch, the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings understand depression and bipolar disorder. In the previous podcast, you heard the first half of my interview with author and attorney Melody Moisey. Though she's only 32, she's accomplished so much. She's been a commentator on NPR and CNN. She blogs for the Huffington Post and BP Magazine, aka Bipolar Magazine. Melody's first book, War on Error, Real Stories of American Muslims, was published in 2007. All of her accomplishments will come as a surprise to the kind of people Melody had the misfortune of meeting, during a hospitalization she described in the last podcast. Doctors wrote all over her file. Patient has delusions that she is an attorney. Patient believes she is an author. They could not believe that someone with a mental illness could be so talented. For many of you listening who have also faced stigma, Melody's experience comes as no surprise But what I hope you find surprising as you hear Melody talk is how she laughs in the face of pain and succeeds despite stigma. In addition to mental health stigma, Melody in the last podcast discussed the discrimination Muslims face. Melody is an Iranian-American Muslim. By any measure, Melody is an accomplished person. In this podcast, you'll hear me ask her how she does it all. Her answers are both surprising and useful to anyone listening. And now, we resume part two of two parts of my interview with Melody Moisey. Having bipolar disorder as a writer, I look at it as a metaphor. It seems to make a lot of sense in my life to have been born the year of the Islamic Revolution, be from two countries that my entire life have been arch enemies, and to have these two sides of myself. I consider myself 100% Iranian and 100% American, and yet these two countries for my entire life have been at odds. I've always had a sort of bipolar cultural identity and existence. It wasn't too much of a leap to say I could have this illness. Not to say one causes the other, that sounds really bad, but I certainly think it helps to have some sort of identity crisis like that. In terms of recognizing the illness and things like that, I was in a better place because I had so many people in my family are physicians, and both my parents are physicians, they immediately understood that this was a serious illness, which I think if they weren't physicians may have been very difficult for them. My sister is also a physician. All of that put together makes for a community that if it's not immediately understanding, at least medically, they may understand it better than other communities. What they do with that medical knowledge, depending on whether you're their daughter or their daughter's friend is very different because if you're their daughter, then they want to understand it. If you're their daughter's friend, it's just gossip. In what ways does your culture make it easier to manage bipolar disorder? As I mentioned, what makes it easier for me is that there are so many physicians in our culture, so they're able to understand it medically. 
maybe I didn't address what makes it a little harder. And I think part of what makes it harder is how big and strong our gossip wheel is and how much shame there is when you're not perfect, especially among first-generation immigrants who have come here to achieve. When you don't meet that perfect level of achievement, there's a lot of negativity that comes with it. The worst part of it is the gossip. And the thing about gossip is even a true story ends up being something completely different. By the end, you know, the 15 people have told this story. It's entirely possible. I'm story will be on in the backward of some psychiatric facility diagnosed with schizophrenia and personality disorder and all these things that I haven't been diagnosed with. The worst part of it is the potential of what gossip can do, which I know exists in a lot of other communities, but it's pretty bad in the Iranian American community. The thing about gossip is you don't necessarily know what other people are saying behind your back, which may be a good thing. But I know that people were talking, but it was hard for me to be a victim of gossip because pretty quickly... As a writer, I took this on as a cause. Within less than a year of being diagnosed, I publicly came out to millions of readers and listeners that I had bipolar disorder. So once you've come out on a public stage, my parents were proud of me for doing that and for the results that that got in terms of the response of how that helped people. You can't really gossip about somebody once they own it. And I had already owned the disease for myself and tried to seek out as an advocate for other people who had it. Nobody could touch me because I had already admitted it myself. How does being a minority affect one's willingness to get help? I think being a minority makes you much less likely to get help for any mental illness. Part of that is completely understandable and legitimate because in the past, psychiatry has been used as a weapon against minorities. And we as minorities have a legitimate right to be skeptical of psychiatry. There are instances where young black men who had no mental illness were diagnosed with mental illnesses and put in hospitals to be controlled and contained. Because of the fact that we have, as a society, not just in the U.S., but abroad as well, used psychiatry to keep certain minorities down, means that, of course, we're going to be less likely to go seek help. And there's also, within certain highly religious communities, the belief that you can pray yourself out of these kinds of illnesses, and just a lack of understanding within certain communities. And also, at the same time, there's a belief in certain communities that these kinds of experiences are a gift as well, that you wouldn't want to get rid of. If you're able to experience certain levels of consciousness that other people are not, they may consider that a gift. If you're in a mystic community of mystics, then, you know, that's an advantage that you have. But I, I think people may not recognize how quickly that mystical nature can turn on the person who is experiencing whatever hallucinations or delusions. I don't know if you're familiar with how quickly euphoric mania can turn into very agitated and angry mania that is anything but Sufi and mystical. With or without a mental illness, you are an accomplished person. What is the key to your triumph over bipolar disorder? I don't, I, I don't consider it a triumph over bipolar disorder. I think bipolar disorder has helped me in a lot of ways because I'm much more prone to take risks. A lot of normal people would have gotten a degree, a law degree, would have passed the bar like I did and would have practiced law for the rest of their lives and would have been fine with doing that. I, on the other hand, wanted to do what I've always wanted to do, which was write, and I was convinced that I could make a living out of it. A lot of people said that these are typical standard delusions of grandeur, and maybe they were, but I don't think you can call them delusions of grandeur once you've actually achieved them. So actually, the bipolar has been a benefit to me in terms of my professional career, 
because I believe that a lot of things are possible that other people have told me over and over again or not. So I'm able to take a lot of rejection. I'm able to take other people telling me that what I want to do is impossible and still continue believing that I'm capable of things that seem impossible. If I had to give one piece of advice to other people with bipolar disorder or with any mental illness, I would say don't let people tell you what your limits are. Test them yourself. I've seen a lot of people who have been told, well, you're not capable of doing X, Y, and Z now that you've been diagnosed with this disorder. Even people who in the past had achieved a lot before their diagnosis and still had the disease, just didn't have the diagnosis, suddenly believe after they're diagnosed that they can't achieve certain things. Question people when they say your thinking is delusional. The most creative solutions to the world's problems come from the kinds of people who are somewhat delusional. Sure, you have limitations, but you have capacities that other people don't. My advice would be to never forget that. To conclude, in a world that fears Muslims and jeers at people with bipolar, Melody's happiness and success are so uplifting. This podcast is the last installment in the National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month series. All month long, I've uploaded podcasts featuring people from different backgrounds. You can hear the other six podcasts by clicking on their links, which you will find on the page for this podcast, part two of Melody's story. Before the next podcast, you can always hear other podcasts and check out my blogs on the FlipSwitch page at www.bpkids.org forward slash flip switch forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Until next time, this is Jessica Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.